Cool, cool, cool. Shall we begin? Cool, 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 cool. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Yo. Oh, sorry, I have to stop doing that. Sorry, let me check that back. You can't do that. Just you can't it. rap like that. You can. Go. Get it. Not bullshit. Get it. <laughs> I just keep. I keep getting mixed up. Why? I have to rap like I'm Australian, not American. <laughs> I need to stop doing that. Your Australian accent. Yeah. You know, which is kind of weird because, like, I kind of think about it. My accent. People say my accent sounds weird. Like not Australian. It doesn't. Yeah. I think it does. No. That's what I thought. Always thought. I think you sound American. Uh, sorry, you sound Australian. <laughs> no, you're no, say no, no, no. You sound Australian to me. Say yeah. What, what, what else? If he doesn't sound Aussie, where do you think he sounds? From? He sounds. I don't. Oh, I think because a lot of the time when people hear Aussie accents, there's a. It's, it's, the, it's the, heavy. Yeah. Like a heavy like. But, so you wouldn't think any all three of us don't sound Aussie? I don't. I don't sound Aussie. Yeah, like I feel like Aussie. we have kind of like the similar. Yeah, I think all three of us have oh, similar accents. I think you sound Aussie. No, I don't. No, yeah. I'm not Australian. Yeah, no, that I know you're not Australian, but you <laughs> sound what? Aussie. Why what? am what? I getting defensive? <laughs> you sound Australian. You like you sound more Australian than New Zealand, I reckon. Oh no, definitely. No, I don't. I, I don't pick up Kiwi. Oh, accent. for me, I, I think I still sound the same from when we first moved over. Interesting. <laughs> what? Way? Was like, Shut up. When there's identity I'm issues. Fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm Kiwi. Well, I'm New Zealand. She's about to opening. kill me. <laughs> What a great opening. A great discussion about where we're from. We didn't even start off with how we usually start. It's been that long. Welcome to another episode of Knights at the Brown Table. I'm Sefa. I'm Sila. To the vast and glad to explain something to us. <laughs> it's May Lamar and I'm Australian. The songs are Sister's Mistress Mattress of the Generation. Generation. Wait, are you a sh- where was your ancestry? Did you end up doing it? I don't want to talk about oh that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's gathered dust. It's been no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Mate, wait, I don't want to say it. Okay, there's no comment. Because I want to retract what I just said. Because then when it is revealed, I don't want to be cancelled. Because mm. like me saying, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I feel like that becomes like, that's very defensive. Like, mm. oh no, don't ask me about it. Because like maybe people might think, oh, does he not like? Where like, he's from. Yeah. Mm. So if it gets leaked... Then people find out, leaked. and then they're going to be like, "Why don't you like where you're from?" Yeah. So there's no comment. Sorry, I no retract comment. my statement. No comment. Okay. Like I'm gonna do the Men in Black flash. <laughs> Can you ask the question again? Have you done your ancestry? <laughs> no comments. Okay. Nice. It's been a while, it a very has. long time since I met you. Met you. It's, it's been a long time since, since I, I met you. you. Well, that I don't need to step to a step, 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 step. We are all totally different. I'm I, like, wait, what am was I that? singing the right song? No, usually you're the one that's dumped out with lyrics, not me. No, not that song. <laughs> Just not that part. Alrighty. 
Shall we go into our yep. topic for today? A public hearing of the Senate Committee on Job Security was held in February where seasonal workers were able to provide testimony on their experiences. The main witnesses were three workers from Vanuatu and two from Samoa who had moved to Australia to take part in a Pacific Labour scheme designed to address workforce shortages in rural and regional areas. And they told a parliamentary committee into job security they had attended to support their families back home where the economies have been impacted by the pandemic. Uh, but their experience in Australia has been marked by squalid accommodation, bullying, exploitative working conditions and a lack of access to support services. The workers told the inquiry hearing. Inquiry hearing, sorry. I know, you sound like a... Um, they said they are working 64 hours a week, but they earn just $100 after employer deductions, which are not explained on their payslips. Despite originally being offered a set hourly rate, they arrived in Australia to find they would be paid per tray of fruit picked, the worker said. And so with the Senate hearing, I know that we were wanting to get people on, but I noticed that quite a few people um, on Twitter when I was talking about it, they would say, uh, uh, this is my cousin, they're here as well. When I would reach out to them, I could tell because they they don't want to lose their jobs, they didn't want to be a whistleblower. I think at the time they weren't comfortable uh, to come on, and so that's totally fine as well. Mm. And all of them, if they're current, if they're involved in an active case, yeah, it's probably advised not mm-hmm. to go on anything, yeah, official. With that, what are your what are your guys' thoughts on on the seasonal workers? Have you guys been able to read anything or watch anything or hear anything? So, I guess firstly, my understanding of a seasonal worker is somebody that is employed from overseas. Yep, that is to do work that I believe. Um, that Australia, they're unable to fill these jobs. Is that correct? Yep. And so there are two schemes. There is the Seasonal Worker Program, the SWP and the Pacific Labour Scheme. So it was aimed at Pacific and Timorese workers. And so the eligible Pacific nations are Fiji, Kiribati, Nauru, Papua New Guinea, Samoa, Solomon Islands, Tonga, Tuvalu and Vanuatu. And so they were aimed at Pacific Islanders who would come over. Mm. And they were under the impression that they could pay like 25 bucks an hour. They come over and then there's all these deductions, but it's not... You know how on our payslips you yep. see the deductions? Yeah, And it's, it's clearly there. Yeah. Whatever it's, yeah. Tax, sometimes if you're on um, salary packaging, yep. um, if... There's some people who have a laundry allowance, everything yep. like that. So you see every deduction. When I was sent a payslip from one of my friends, who his brother and um, some of his friends were in the program, there's you can't even see it. You don't see, clearly see nothing visible. No, why? The thing with their accommodation is the employer arranges it, and <laughs> you know, like in rural areas, it's usually cheaper, yeah. right, to live in. But the way that they would lift the prices off these homes, and it's not a nice home, and then, so they usually have with the Pacific Islanders, like sometimes five or six people living in the homes. That sometimes it's a two bedroom home. I remember even reading an article a few uh, a few years ago where a boy was sleeping on the couch because. That's what he could afford. Mm-hmm, and still one. only coming away with 100 bucks, even though they work like 72-hour weeks. And I'm like, that does not make sense to me. No, it's just so sad. That's so sad. It's mm-hmm. pretty much modern-day slavery, Yeah, if anything, exploiting these workers. So the in regards to like the program, the law, mm-hmm. that is in place, and there's supposed to be checks and balances, but they're just not 
no. doing it thoroughly. Like yeah. there's no one. They needed to do an inquiry as in who's doing, who's running, who's going and checking the accommodation is yeah. correct. Like it's up to code, it's up to standard, that sort of and stuff. And because it's still in Australia, there is still, they're still protected because um, on the website it says all participating workers have the same rights and protections as, as Australian workers. That would not pass with us. Because I know with me, I'm just like, <laughs> if it's a little bit cold, like too cold, mm. you can like put mm. a complaint because it has to be optimum working conditions yeah. for us. So I'm like, if these people are working 72 hour weeks they're living in squalid conditions some of them are saying that they work rain sunshine they have to work if they call for a medic they the medic still tries to push them to carry on yeah so i'm like that's not okay yeah and it's probably they i'm sure it is like there's a lot that we have to kind of assume but i'm sure it's because they just don't know who they can go to Mm. because it's very limited contacts here in australia the only people that they've met are the people who have brought them over as part of the scheme. Mm. So is there a third party that can figure it, like that they could go to to say these things to? They probably just don't, they're not told who it is or the people who they're meant to tell are like not doing their job and not making sure that it's done right. You know what I mean? Like they just don't know who they can tell. And now it's taken like journalists to go in and tell the story for them to like, oh, now it can be heard at the tribunal. So when it comes to working conditions for you guys, if you were upset about something at work, who do you guys usually go to? The union. The union? I don't think I've ever made a complaint Yeah. about stuff. Because I know technically you're supposed to go to HR. Oh, yeah. Like there are, uh, yeah, what you're saying is there are people that you go to mm. to filter out your, to filter those... Um, those things? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I've ever done it. Have but you? No. Because like... For me, what I like about the union is it's outside of the workplace. So yeah. their primary concern is the employee. But with HR, technically, they're still under the organisation. They're for the organisation. Yeah. 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 So they try to say they're for the employee. But I'm like, you're really out trying to protect the employer. Especially if it's like your manager. Like, I yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but and that, they'll, that probably, they'll most likely tell you the truth. But in regards to your seeking your best yeah, interest, they're no. not looking to defend you. They're looking to protect their employer. Yeah. But the principle is that is there are people there yeah. that you can go to. Mm. A lot of the, the contracts that they signed were not translated in their languages. And so they couldn't even ask questions. But a lot of it was organised. It's kind of like the two governments make this agreement. Oh, let's have this scheme. We'll send out our people. Mm-hmm. You pay them. But I remember even hearing one of the Samoan guys saying that it's gotten to the point where he's called home to ask them to send him money. And I was just like, that's so sad. That's heartbreaking. Where was this fella, where was he staying at? What town? Um, the, I, I know what picture. I think he was part of the Queensland one. I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, the far north Queensland one. Yeah. For one of the articles that I posted. Yeah. That was the experience they had. Like when they're in between jobs, they can't, like they have to still work for their employer who's under investigation, but but they haven't cleared up the working conditions. Oh, damn. So they have to keep working. Mm. Like, it's one of the articles from the thing. Like, they're part of the Pacific scheme. Yeah. Because, like, I had a few of my Balangi backpacker mates that came over from Mm. Europe, some from Ireland, and they said that they had to do a stint in a country town. The country town, yeah. But they come with money? Does that make sense? Yeah, the the foundation, yeah. But just to fulfill their visa conditions, they still have to do their stint. But it's a totally different uh, case when it comes to the, the, like, when it comes to Pacific Islanders coming over. And I feel the thing is, I was a international student overseas, mm. and it doesn't even compare to the same thing, not even close. But I do kind of understand the um, 
how difficult it is to navigate the legal system mm. of what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. And when you don't have an office there, luckily there's an international office for the school that can tell us, there's someone there to help me to explain. Yeah. Imagine not having yeah. that office where I don't know what kind of job I could take. Mm. And in a language that you understand as well. Yeah. Either people from New Zealand or people in the Pacific community, when they come to know of this thing, they refer to blackbirding and they say it's similar to that period of time or that early period of time um, that Australia, as well as New Zealand, um, went through when it came to people from the, from the islands. What do you guys know about blackbirding or the indentured labour scheme that they had? I know a little bit just from what you had written in it mm-hmm. about that, what was it, like 1860? Yeah. Where they would come to the islands or often... They would come and uh, like, kind of trick them. Yeah, sometimes yeah. trick them mm. to to get on the boat to to come and work. Mm-hmm. And back then, like it's not no technology. There's no way of communicating yeah. home or no way of guaranteeing. Oh, there's a there's a passage. There's mm. either way out if I don't like it. Yeah, it's a one way ticket. Lamar. Yeah, it's pretty much similar to the same thing. Um, just a lot of broken promises that they made. Yeah. To get people to, it was, it was pretty much slavery, if anything. Mm. Like these people were brought to these lands that were colonized and asked them to work. And then when they would work and they got to a place where they were able to, I guess, make some sort of a living, then they asked them to leave. Yeah. Mm. Because I remember we touched on it in one of the previous episodes where I was just like, the horrific thing with blackbirding is they had these, a lot of them, they called them South Sea Islanders or Kanaks or Kanaka. Mm. Um, and they were primar- they primarily aimed at uh, Melanesian people. So they bring them over, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know what, like Lamar was saying, we're sick of you guys. Let's bring in the white Australia policy. Let's encourage Europeans to come over because we don't want these coloured people to be on our lands just to kind of like cleanse the Australian palate. <laughs> because you know when it comes to a lot of our people because even my parents and stuff they always do the thing of you just have to be grateful Mm. like just be humble be grateful we we live here in this country we're blessed with all this stuff and i'm like this is still stolen land and then at the same time the working conditions are horrible when it comes to um, when it comes to that specific scheme yeah yeah. i believe in being grateful for the time i was born when Mm. i was born and i'm glad that i have the opportunities that i have freaking grateful but you don't have to take the crap no more. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like the bad stuff, like you can, you have a voice, you can stand up for it. And I think that's a generational thing. Touching based on what, like just what you just said and what Salah was saying, it's so disheartening, like thinking about that mentality because I think about like my grandparents and like just being grateful. Like they say, be grateful for what we have because, you know, they've been able to make a life and whatnot. But then to see that people, you know, when you were talking about, the contract's not even in their language. Mm. Like, that type of mentality, to me, it represents that you, you think our people are dumb. Mm. You know, our people are smart. But just because English is not their first language, <laughs> like, it doesn't give you the right to treat them like we're less than. So I, I'm, like, kind of in my feels because I'm thinking about how... Because my grandpa, um, he was able to bring people... So my grandpa started off in Samoa, and then he got married to my grandma and then he made a life for them in New Zealand. And then he brought all of my 
my nana and then all of their siblings and then um, their parents. And then he did the same thing from, some, uh, from New Zealand to Australia. Mm. The way that people tend to look down on our people, just because English may not be the first language, it's incredibly, like, it enrages me. Mm. And who the F said that English is a prerequisite for intelligence? Like, that's something where I'm just like... Intelligence comes in all languages, but for some reason when it comes to these countries that exist on stolen land, for example, Australia and New Zealand, like Lamar was saying, for them they're just like, oh, they don't speak English. You know what, let's trick them and let's do this. Like I couldn't get over how this is not just an issue that has happened today. It's been going on for such a long period of time. The fact that Blackbirding 1860s, we live in, we live in 2022 and this is still going on, it's disgusting. And so for me, I'm just like, you know, listening to the Senate um, hearing and then at the same time reading through articles, what can we do? Like, I think that's something where I'm just like, what can we do in our right now with where we live and with what we do in order to kind of stop this from happening or kind of at the same time help our people? Um, I remember last year. I think it was last year or the year before, there was a girl in Melbourne. She was going to visit people in Inverell, and she put up this post, and she was just like, oh, we're going to go see the seasonal workers. If anyone has any socks, because a lot of them come over, and during wintertime, they don't, because of the pay that they have, they're trying to send money home. Um, she was like, they don't have money for socks, for blankets and things. And so she was just like, if anyone has anything, um, just send it through. And literally, she said that she was overwhelmed with the response, because so many people wanted to give this, wanted to donate. And so, in my mind, I'm like, what else can we do to help out? Government pressure. Yeah. If this is a deal between two governments, mm. it's not only the Australian government that needs pressure put on them. It's the home yeah. governments as well. Definitely. I was like, if they're making these deals, you need to make sure that your people are being sent over mm. and treated correctly. Yeah. Because they're under a visa. Because I think right now, the only Pacific nation I saw that is doing an inquiry Vanuatu. was Vanuatu, yeah. But, but more stuff like that, yeah. where I'm just like, each government should be have some sort of like overseer to know hey mm. this is what's happening when they come over this is x y and z and then on the australian government side the checks and balances man yeah like what are the what is the result of this tribunal mm. you've had a tribunal what is the result it happened in february yeah yeah like how lamar was saying a lot of our grandparents or a lot of our family members they speak the language if you can speak the language at the same time communicate to the people in your family just in case anyone from your family is part of the scheme, communicate to them about what's going on here so that if you have relatives back home who are wanting to be part of the scheme, at least they know what's happening so that they don't just... Jump on yeah. thinking... Because I still can't get over... Do you guys remember seeing that video? I think it was last year where there was... The singing. Yes! The singing, even recently with the Lismore floods. Did you see the thing about the Fijian seasonal workers? Mm. So they had just come over and they were the ones saving... Um, Aussies during the flood carrying people and they were all smiley and things these these Fijian men and I'm just like that's because they haven't received their first paycheck sorry I shouldn't laugh but I'm like if they received their first paycheck then they're not going to be smiling anymore because then they're going to realize they've been duped and even with the seasonal workers when people like I noticed a lot of the Aussie media at the time were just like they're singing because they're so grateful to come to Australia look at them saying singing praises to their god (laughs) sorry I don't know what accent that was, but yeah, I was just that? like, but "What the hell was that?" I think that's the, that's the, the the mentality that I've really that enrages me is seeing how um, disconnected the perception is of obviously people that 
view stuff like that but then also the stigma that is with our people that oh we just have to be great like we mm-hmm. just have to bear the grunt because like at least we made it here and at least this is that we're giving the bare minimum or not even the bare minimum of anything <laughs> but to then put on a smile and save people because you know that's just how we are mm-hmm. like there was this one girl on Twitter, Fijian girl. I could have stopped laughing at her tweet. She goes, you know, one thing about our people is we know how to sing a hymn. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I was like, don't sing a hymn. I go, these people, it's, well, they, they're duping us. Like, they're, they're literally, you're being conned. Don't sing them. I think something I've learned being so close in such close proximity with my parents, so I've just been made more aware of how how I would this sort of frustration around them especially because i don't want it to come across and i don't want them to feel like i'm not grateful for the life that they were able to establish for me i think it's important to make it clear especially to the elders in your life where your rage is directed yeah that it's not out of you're not ungrateful for what they've given and i know that it seems like oh why would you make that connection for some reason that's how some of my sort of rants have been received as. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just need to be more aware to make it clear you understand. I'm not frustrated at you or what you've done or that what you've done isn't enough. Because it is more than enough. But now let's take it to the next step. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think sometimes with some parents, it's it's either the mentality, like we've all just touched on, the whole be humble. But at the same time, uh, same time in Samoa, there's a... Because I remember hearing sometimes they'll do that, like, shh, poko, which means, like, don't think that you know everything, just be grateful. Mm. Um, but the thing is, like, um, I know that during, for example, during the whole dawn raid period in New Zealand, a lot of the Poly Panthers at the time, a lot of, they were young kids, and that same line was used on them, don't be fiapoko. But they're the ones that started this movement in order to help our people receive the rights mm. and receive... Um, like have that that light shine, shined on them so that, that people could be able to see the injustices that are happening. So I think right now, um, I think it's it'll be really good for a lot of us to go through the Senate hearing or to read through articles as well, just to have that awareness of what's going on with our people and then continue to speak on it. Translate for your parents. Translate yeah, for what's your grandparents. Happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's happening so that they can be able to understand as well. Also, probably because I am Fiapoto. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with being fearful. No, no, wait, wait. There's a difference <laughs> with being fearful and actually being poko. Fearful <laughs> means you you think you know it all, but poko just means smart. No, but even if but the thing is though, thinking you're smart when you're not smart is still the best position for you to be in because you're not smart. Yeah, fake it till so, you make it. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like if you think you're smart and you are actually smart, then you should you should be doing what you're doing. Yeah. But if you're not smart, still think you're smart though. <laughs> Because that confidence so will get you far. Believe it. This, this is the this is this is the lesson I've learned over the past three years of my career. The squeaky the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Speak, complain, Ooh, love that. say it out loud, and it will be responded to. Can you translate in Tongan? <laughs> say it in Tongan. The squeaky, squeaky wheel. Oil. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Speak up. Be fearpoto. I like it. Fuck are you?
شدن I used to have to go to the bank. So either my sisters would go to, with my mom to the doctor or I would go to, with my mom to the bank and to translate. But you know, I don't speak Tongan. So I'd just translate from English to English. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just say it in a fresh like, accent. Your mother has to say this. Mommy. The Balagi said, you have to put the pen to the... Write your name on the paper. It's not even that far off. Translate from English to English. No, for real. And even I would... There were times as I got older, when I was a kid, because I've been doing it since I was like maybe like seven or eight, since I was a young age, but it got to an age where I became more aware of what's happening. When I would do it as a 14-year-old, I would be looking at like the bank teller like... You know... I know. I'm speaking English. <laughs> I know. Man. Don't give me that look. It's just English to English. But it's like, but it's it's a comfort thing. Part of it isn't even like my mum's English was fine and yeah. she could understand. But I'm speaking a language. It may not be her first language, but she can understand when I say it. Yeah. But mm. for some reason, it coming out of somebody else's mouth. No. Nah. You know how you were like mentioning how the saying in Samoan like "Don't be for book" or do you think that's rooted in? Because I when, when I heard like when you were. Me- when you mentioned it, it reminded me of like, oh, we have to dim our light for the Westerners mm. to, I don't know, to I'll just be like, you know, the whole notion of being grateful. Like it pisses me off. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel so pissed off right now. And you know, the thing with, I can only speak from a Samoan perspective. From us, we have been colonized. And if it wasn't for those people who were fiopoko or who were poko, mm we would not have been able to be liberated and receive independence. And so for me, I'm all for, like Sifo was saying, the squeaky wheel squeaky gets the oil. The squeaky Squeak up! Squeak up, motherfucker! gets the oil up. Fuckers, squeak up, you cunts. Sifo, stop it! That was a totally different accent. <laughs> no, I do. I yeah. agree. I'm, I'm, I'm full, I, I totally get that. And so for me, I'm just like, we have to speak up in order for change to happen. Mm. You gotta squeak up. Squeak, no, it <laughs> squeak is. Squeak up. You need to squeak yeah, up. Yeah. Squeak up. <laughs> and that's, no, because again, though it's those sorts of personalities. Yeah, do, mo- do a lot of people like them? Probably not. Mm. Who cares? They're the ones that get it. Movers and changes. Yeah. You know? And it's like, okay, it's definitely not to the same extent, but like, it just reminds me of how when you mentioned your formats in Sydney and then people are like, Oh, like that type of attitude is, it enrages me. Mm-hmm. So I just feel so like, there's a fire underneath my crack hole. <laughs> and I think I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I like it well. No, the, that um, escalated quickly. <laughs> no, I get that. Because it, no, it happens with... um. And what was that smell? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like shit. <laughs> No, it happens with um. Wait, cut, we can cut this out. But <laughs> my mate, uh, oh, like he was a close family friend, and he said that he put down on his resume that he speaks fluent Samoan, and he had to do like explain. It was about rheumatic fever. I think it was like the immunization in New Zealand, and so the Samoan family came, and then he they were just like, oh, 
perfect, we've got. And they pointed to him like, come translate for the family about rheumatic fever. And then he was just like, oh, damn. So he went over. And then as he, this is what he said. He goes, they said to the family, um, rheumatic fever, or the and then you've got the word, he goes, Evevela low neck. <laughs> and I was like, this is what happens when you falsify your resume. But again, <laughs> but again, you know, speak. Squeaky wheel gets, gets the, the oil. oil. Very well. <laughs> I love that. Just say it. You Did you ever have to translate Lamar or not? No. Oh, your parents, your parents are fluent. Yeah. yeah. My parents speak English as well. So I've never had to translate. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah. I feel like the thing about that, like, it makes me kind of sad. Why? Because, like, the way that you would have to translate for your mom, but your mom's not, because, possibly because your mom doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Or, like, for me, I feel like maybe that person, the person at the bank may feel condescending to me, like, you know, the way that they talk to me, like, but I'd rather hear it from someone close to me because it is a comfort thing for them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's now she hates it. She <laughs> hates hearing me. Now she hates me and she takes the grandkids. <laughs> or she'd rather go by herself. She's like, I'll roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that quite a few people, they've had to translate for their parents since they were kids. Yeah, same. Like just me. having to be the, the, the middle person as well to help uh, their parents or grandparents understand what's going on. And if that is something that we need to do, even when it comes to doctor's appointments, it's important to have yeah. them understand what's going on. So it's better to be the translator, even if it is from English to English, at least to help them understand. You know what I mean? The squeaky wheel. Guess the, the oil. oil. Squeaky wheel gets now the oil, Now <laughs> Squeaky up. Maybe like. Wow. Guess the oil up. What does that mean? It's well. <laughs> Shut up, man. Shut up, y'all. And if anyone tries to at me for this, man, MMT. I'm MMT, bro. What does that mean? It means your mom. <laughs> Shut up. So if there is anyone that does, who was part of the program or have has a loved one um, and would like to speak on it, then just let us know. If you know of any organisations that are helping with um, providing things for seasonal workers, we would love to um, help out. So just um, shoot us a message on our Instagram and uh, we'd love to donate and, and things that we can let, uh, share that as well with people. That was another episode of Nights at the Brown Table. I'm Sefa. I'm Sila. Lama I'm Nida. What language is that? Korean. Lama. Kereso, Yoroben. Namu Soaso. Chinta Sarangayo. Oh, Chinta. Sorry, what are you going to say? Sounds so legit. It so is good. legit. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I said something very. Promiscuous. Because sarang, oh. sarang yo means like love. Yeah. You have to find out. <laughs> On our Patreon. <laughs> Not the Patreon that doesn't exist. <laughs>